Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. It's so good to be together, and thank you for joining us uh, this first broadcast of this new year. We've got used to doing things a little differently, and this morning's no, no change to that. We're introducing a new year when we'd normally be talking about some details and some dates and some programs and plans and projects, and really there's not a, a lot of detail in our diary at the start of this year. Uh, things are different. We can't talk about uh, plans and programs and details and dates, but you know what? I'm really excited by that because I know God works everything together for the good of his purpose and his people. I know that in every circumstance, there is great opportunity for God's people. And I truly believe that in the absence of detailed plans, there are bigger and better truths that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to our attention at the start of this year. We don't need reminding how uncertain and changing things are. What will help us more than anything is to know what is certain and what is unchanging, and this will give us the best focus possible as we start this year. And therefore, the beginning of this year, in this month, I want to share a New Year trilogy with our church and our, our friends that are with us this morning. I want to share a New Year trilogy this morning to talk, talk about the unchangeable person. And then next Sunday to talk about the unshakable kingdom. And then on the 24th of January to talk about the unstoppable mission. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable. What a brilliant way to start this year. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that we've been able to consider as we've worshipped you this morning. And we now, as we turn to the scriptures, Lord, we thank you for all you're going to show us and share with us about yourself today, Lord. Amen. What I'm going to share may well, um, there may be some new things in it for you. There may be many reminders of things that you've heard before. But do you know, I believe sometimes we need to go back a bit before we can go forward a lot. And so if we go back and are reminded of some things this morning, I believe that will be very helpful for us, for us as we move forwards. Today I want to talk about the unchangeable person. At this time, more than ever, uh, our lives need to be anchored in the unchangeable person. I want us to stop and see Jesus this morning, that we would be deeply rooted, that we would be firmly founded, that we would be secure and certain at the start of a year in which I believe God is going to allow us to experience a great surge, a great surge of new life and new people and new possibilities in and through our church. I'd like you to turn with me, please, to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews in the New Testament. At the end of Paul's epistles, we come to the book of Hebrews. And I want to read um, from chapter 1, selection of verses from chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, verses 10 to 12. And then from chapter 13, so from the beginning and the end of this book, um, some verses from the, the opening chapter, a verse from the last chapter, chapter 13, verse 8. So Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3, 10 to 12, and, and Hebrews 13, verse 8 says this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. 
Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honour at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Verse 10. He also says to the sun, In the beginning, Lord, You laid the foundations of the earth and you made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You will live forever. And Hebrews 13, verse 8, simply says this. We've heard it already this morning. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wonder who Jesus is to you. I wonder how you see him, how you think of him, how you imagine him, how you relate to him and pray to him, how you worship him. As we've just heard, the start of Hebrews quotes one of the Psalms and tells us that the Son of God created the heavens and the earth and that though they will perish he is always the same and he will live forever and at the end that that verse that we're familiar with Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever whatever else he is whatever his many other awesome attributes he is always the same and this gigantic truth that Jesus never changes, the theologians call it his immutability, this amazing truth is the anchor to our faith, an anchor to our faith. God, the Father, the Son and the Spirit does not and cannot change. He is the same all the time and therefore he's completely consistent, he's totally trustworthy. If he could change The universe would be chaotic. We'd lose all our bearings. We'd soon become adrift and lost. But he does not change. James says that he never changes or casts a shifting shadow or or with him there is no variation. He's the same all the time. And right now, that truth is very, very precious for us and for many others. To put it another way and to give us a helpful picture to think about, he's the rock. In Matthew 7, Jesus told us that a wise man builds his house on rock and he described that rock as being Jesus and his teachings. In Matthew 16, Jesus says it's it's our revelation of him that is the rock upon which the church is built. We can build our lives on him because he's unchanging unshifting, immovable. He is the rock of life. He is the living rock upon which our church is being built. And in these days of shift and change and uncertainty, Jesus Christ 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we open our Bibles, we find that this unchanging, unchangeable person is everywhere. And he's the same today as he was yesterday. And he will be exactly the same tomorrow. So I'd like us to consider this morning what he was like yesterday. Because that's what he's like today. And first of all, I want to go right back to the the beginning of yesterday's, to the very beginning. And I want us to understand that the Son of God did not begin to exist at Bethlehem that first Christmas. That was when he took on flesh, but he'd always been, and he will always be. He is eternal. And it's through him, as we heard in in Hebrews, it's through him, through Jesus Christ, the eternal one, that all of creation came into being. The scriptures repeatedly assure us of that. Revelation 3 verse 14 in in the Holman translation says, he is the originator of God's creation. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the originator of God's creation. Tells us also that in Romans that God the Father through the Son by the Spirit creates new things out of nothing. He created the universe from things that were not visible, did not exist. And he creates things, Romans 4, 17, out of nothing. And he sustains all that he creates. And I want to tell you, church, he is the same today. He creates by his word and he sustains all that he creates. And he can do a creative work in our lives, in my life and in your life. He can work miracles that defy logic and reason and science and nature. He can do new things. He can answer prayer. He does answer prayer. He creates something from nothing. And you know, maybe this new year is a time to put the past behind us, to put past disappointments behind us and embrace new possibilities and new expectations because I know that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And then let's go back to the yesterday of the Old Testament. And there we discover that even before the incarnation, even before he took on flesh and walked the earth as a man, even before he was born in Bethlehem on that first Christmas, It seems that the Son of God visited the earth, appears to appear to his people at different times and in different ways. And some of these theophanies, as the theologians call them, some of these theophanies are a bit more definite and a bit more certain than others. But let me mention just a few. And you can look at these and study them later if if you're caught by them. When, When Abraham returned from battle and met Melchizedek, Genesis 14. Hebrews 7 interprets that for us and he tells us that Abraham met the king of righteousness, the king of peace, one having neither beginning of days nor end of life, one resembling the son of God. And then when Abraham climbed up Mount Moriah to sacrifice his one and only son, he was intercepted by the angel of the Lord who provided an alternative sacrifice. And in John 8, 56, Jesus himself tells us that Abraham saw the coming of Christ. 
when Hagar, Sarah's maid, maid servant, when Hagar runs away from Sarah in Genesis 16, it tells us that the angel of the Lord finds her and sees her and speaks with her. And Hagar calls that place the well of the living one. I can't help but wonder if she met the Christ. And when Jacob wrestles with a man, with a man, it says, a man who blessed him and changed his name and told him he'd prevail in Genesis 32, it says he knew he'd seen God face to face. And I see the parallels between that story in Matthew 16 where Jesus blesses Simon and changes his name and declares the church of God will prevail. And you know, when Moses stood on the holy ground at the burning bush, it says the angel of the Lord appeared to him and God spoke and called himself I am and commissioned Moses. And in Hebrews 11 and verse 26, it confirms for us that Moses' ministry was inspired by the Messiah. Make no mistake, Jesus was with Moses and all of God's people as they went through the wilderness. Because in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, Paul assures us that the rock that was with them in the wilderness was Christ. And again, when Joshua finds himself face to face with the commander of the Lord's army, he must also remove his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and to Samson's parents in Judges, and in the second instance it says his name is too wonderful to understand. And each of those, Gideon and Samson's parents, they put out an offering on the end of a rock and it's consumed by fire. And they both declare that they've seen the Lord face to face. And how about the Apostle John who tells us in John 12 verse 40 that when Isaiah saw the Lord, or at least he suggests this, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and exalted in that time after King Uzziah had died, John tells us in chapter 12 that it was the Messiah's glory that he saw. And wait for this one. This is the last one I just want to mention. When Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are thrown into the fiery furnace for refusing to bow down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had made, the king looks into that furnace and he sees a fourth man, one like a son of the gods, in the furnace with them. Daniel 3 verse 25. Surely this is the Christ alongside his followers, in the furnace, in the toughest of challenges, ensuring that they will come through unharmed. I believe, at least in some of these, if not all of them, this is Jesus. This is the Son of God visiting the earth before his incarnation to find and meet and intervene and provide for his people. And just as he was yesterday, he is the same today. For you and I, he meets us on the mountain when we wonder whether his promise can be fulfilled or when we find it a struggle to offer our sacrifice of praise. He meets us there. And he sees and finds us when we're on the run from confusing circumstances. And he blesses us and gives us a new name and a new identity 
and reassures us that we'll prevail. And he meets us when we, when we stand on holy ground. And he speaks with fiery zeal. And he's with us in the wilderness to provide and refresh us. And whatever calamities occur in the world, he is always highly exalted and his glory fills the heavens. And hear this carefully, he's alongside you and I in trial and anxiety and fear in the fiery furnace of our challenges to bring us out unharmed. Our Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And then in the yesterday of the New Testament, when he laid aside his divine privileges and when he'd taken on human flesh, Jesus himself declared, and you can turn to this in John 8, 58, Jesus himself declared, I assure you, before Abraham was born, I am. Do you hear that? Before Abraham was born, Jesus says, I am. Jesus is eternal, the pre-existing, eternal I am of that burning bush. And John, the apostle that Jesus loved so much, records seven statements that Jesus makes to expand upon this. The I am statements. He says, I am the bread of life. John 6, 35. Sustaining, nourishing, providing, refreshing, satisfying us. John 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He exposes darkness. He, he banishes darkness. He removes fear. He makes things plain. John 10, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep for the sheep. He gives us access to the Father. He guards and protects, as the shepherds would have done, with that door in front of the sheep. He guards and protects and keeps us safe. He keeps predators out, snakes and wolves. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, caring, leading, feeding, healing, totally devoted to his flock. In John 11, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He carried our sin and sickness. He triumphed over death. He empowers us now to live spirit-filled, overcoming resurrection lives. In John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's all wisdom. He's the answer to every dilemma. He's the key to every breakthrough. And I just want to say this, it's vital we stay away from all deceptions. Beware any ministries that draw attention to themselves and be very careful what we watch or listen or absorb in these days. We must stay on the rock. In Hebrews 13, we read uh, verse 8 earlier on, but, but this is verse 9. Attached to verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. And the seventh I am statement in John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine. He joins us to himself. He joins us to one another. His life flows through us. He enables us to be fruitful all the time. Yeah. 
This is Jesus, the great I am, the Son of God, the Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I encourage you, church, to embrace these truths for you and your family at the start of 2021. He was and is our bread of life, feeding and refreshing us. He was and is our light in the world, expelling all fear and bringing hope. He was and is our door guarding and protecting us. He was and is our great shepherd, loving and caring for us. He was and is our resurrection life, giving us overcoming life. He was and is our way and our truth and our life. He brings clarity, he brings wisdom, and he was and is the true vine, our true vine, drawing us close and making us fruitful. He is the unchangeable one, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to say to us this morning, he's the same this year as last year, or as your best year ever. He does not change. He's the same day and night. He's the same in the winter and in the summer. Whether you're mourning or dancing, he's the same in sickness and in health. When you're up or if you're down, in lockdown or not, in pandemic or not, in crisis or not, whether we are gathered or scattered, he never changes. He's the same in every season of the soul. However you feel, he doesn't change when you change. He doesn't deviate when you go off track. He cannot love you any more or any less. He's always good, all the time, always the same. He's the same for me as he is for you. He has no favorites. He's the same in Kenya as he is in the UK. He's the same whichever party is in power. He's the same whichever president is elected. He's the same whichever nations are raging. He's just the same today as when he created all things and when he appeared in the Old Testament and when he walked on the earth in the New Testament. He was all sufficient for Abraham and Moses and Daniel and their friends his friends. He was all sufficient for Peter and Paul and John. He's all sufficient for me and he's all sufficient for you. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever and he's totally committed to you. And therefore we can anchor our lives to him. We can build our church on him. We can find total security in him. We can trust him. We can tell our friends about him. This year, as always, there's a rock on whom we can stand. And he is unchangeable. He is the one that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Unchangeable. And that changes everything. And it brings me to the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation and to the Apostle John's vision of Jesus. John is an old man by now. He's reckoned to be the longest, last surviving of the, of the twelve. John knew Jesus as well as anyone. 
He'd spent three years with him. He was one of the closest. Jesus did some of the most um, amazing things with Peter, James, and John present, one of those three. He'd seen Jesus transfigured, changed before his eyes, dazzling on that mountaintop. He was loved by Jesus. He often describes himself as the, as the disciple that Jesus loved. He's the one who lay his head on Christ's chest on that last Thursday night together as they shared the supper. It was to John that Jesus entrusted his own mother. John knew Jesus as a friend and he knew him as the great I am. He's the one that recorded all those statements and Jesus said who he was. And yet listen to this description of this aged man now, John, coming face to face with his friend, with the great I am once again. John, in Revelation 1, I'm going to read verses 9 to 18. I, John, am your brother and partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day and I was worshipping in the spirit and suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast and it said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches. Just moving on a bit. It says, when I turned to see the one who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace and his, his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. And he held seven stars in his right hand. Goes on to say these represent angels. And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. I love the fact that Jesus revealed himself to his friend John in a time of challenge and suffering and perseverance and he knew just what John needed. I love that John had to turn to see the voice. Interesting statement, to see the voice. And sometimes we need to turn and gain a different perspective. But when he does, he sees something which leaves him awestruck. He sees his head is pure and white. He sees his eyes that display fire and zeal. 
He sees his feet that are solid and strong and secure and have been refined in the furnace. He's been there in the furnace with us. He hears his voice, which is fresh and clear and cleansing and powerful. He sees that at his hands are angels, seven angels, ready to do his bidding. And from his mouth comes a two-edged sword, the word of truth, and his face radiance, radiates with the purest, brightest light. This is our Jesus, the same yesterday, today and forever. And I believe he wants to reveal himself to us afresh at the start of this year. He knows what we're facing. He knows every challenge. And they're real for many of loneliness and isolation and and weariness and anxiety. He knows our challenges. He knows every opportunity to share life and love with friends and family who need him. And he wants to be exalted in our midst, lifted high, magnified, glorified amongst us. I want to say it's time to stand on the rock, to come to Jesus. For some of you watching, it's time to come home. It's a time to be standing firm, to be secure, to draw close, to find Jesus in the Word, to worship Him at home, to talk with Him in prayer. And I pray that our clear focus This year, the dominant thing in our thoughts and in our conversations, the dominant thing in our thoughts and conversations, the dominant person in our thought and conversation will be Jesus, the rock, the unchangeable one, the great I am, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The next couple of weeks, I'm going to share more of what I believe this means for us this year. But my appeal this morning is that we come to him, that we stand on a rock. I just want to say, if if for you that is a very specific thing, coming to him, coming home, or connecting with us as a church, then details are on the screen of how you can be in touch with us by email or by phone. Somebody will get back to you. But as we finish this morning, I'm going to invite the musicians and singers back. I want us to sing a golden oldie, which seems to be so appropriate this morning. A song that Deborah and I sang the first Bible week we ever went to in 1985. It says, Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you our King. Standing here in the midst of us, we raise you up with our praise. We're going to sing that together. I want to encourage you to stand in your homes, in your living rooms. As we stand, those of us here in the building this morning, we're going to stand, going to enthrone Jesus. It's not that we make him king, he's already king. But we do acknowledge he's my king, he's my Lord. I give my life to him, I enthrone him. And as we do that this morning, we'll be closing our gathering. Say, Jesus, we enthrone you this year in our church. We raise you up with our praise, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Lord, you're standing in the midst of us. And we acknowledge you're King of kings, you're Lord of lords, you're wonderful, you're the great I am, you're the great friend, and you're the unchanging one, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray that outstanding truth will be an anchor in our lives all of this year. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.